0: Well, I have hit record and I have lines.
1: you're listening to the Damn Fine TV podcast. I'm one of your hosts,
0: Jasmine. And I'm Melz. How you doing, Melz? Oh, I'm doing fantastic. How are you? I'm good. I'm
1: very excited to hear about your weekend adventure to a pumpkin patch.
0: Yes. Oh my gosh. Well, we took a train ride and it's an old steam train So it was like open um, air cart. You know, there were no windows or anything like that. Um, So it was a little bit chilly, but that's okay. We bundled up (laughs) and it it was really cool because the train went through the mountain and you just got some amazing views. Yes, amazing views. Went through a couple of tunnels where it was really dark and kind of a little spooky. And I was like, oh, this is perfect for this spooky season that we're in right now um and then we got to the pumpkin patch and it was like a little barn and they had like all these pumpkins out there and so you got to pick your own pumpkin to take back with you to decorate or whatever you wanted to do with it Um, And then the train just, you know, kind of reversed and went back the same way that we came in. So we got all those gorgeous views again. It was just a really, really nice time. It was relaxing. Um, Of course, because of COVID, you did, you know, we did have to wear our masks the whole time we were on the train. And we did the social distancing, which can be a little hard to manage with a four-year-old because they're wanting to, like, run all over the train cart, you know, and like see everything. And so, but I mean, we, we powered through that one little snag in it and it was just an amazing time. It really was. That
1: sounds so gorgeous. Like it's, yeah, it it just seems like the perfect activity for this time of year.
0: Yes. Yes. I mean, honestly, it was just a great time. And, you know, I thought it was going to take like, way 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 long but um the train ride itself was about 30 minutes oh yeah so um and then you could spend as much time as you wanted in the pumpkin patch so we you know took our time in there and james just was going from all you know of course the biggest pumpkin he could find oh my goodness (laughs) (laughs) and i was like none of us can pick this pumpkin up so i'm gonna need you to Pick a smaller one, please. Thank you. Scale um, down, scale down, <laughs> scale down a little bit. Yeah. Um. So we took it was about probably 20, 25 minutes is the time they allowed you to kind of, you know, just go through everything. And then um then the train ride back. So it wasn't as long as I thought it was going to be. But where the train took off, it was about an hour ride there. So, yeah, it took pretty much a good chunk of the day out of. Yeah. Out of uh, us having to do anything else. So it was good. It was good. That's so nice. So did you guys
1: each get to pick a pumpkin or just like one for the family? No, we each got to pick <gasps> one. So we've so got fun. three. Yay. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and I thought we would like decorate them or carve them. But we were so pooped when we got home last night oh, yeah, or yesterday enough. afternoon. that All we're that just gonna take fresh some- mountain air. I know, I know, I know. So we're going to take some time today to actually get down to decorating those bad boys. So, (laughs) Oh, so fun. Are you going to
1: carve them or just like do stuff on the outside?
0: Well, we have these little, a big surprise here. It's a Jack Skellington um, little, (laughs) so they're like little pieces that you can stick into the pumpkin that will make a character. So we have one that's like Buzz Lightyear and it's like two legs, two arms, and then a head. That's and, so cool. Um, yeah, and so last year we actually found a Jack Skellington one, which really actually looks better on like the white pumpkins because mm, the yeah, 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 because the mouth, like everything is black. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I think we're gonna do a couple like that, and then we're actually gonna try to carve one. So I'll be sure to share what the carved yes. one looks like. <laughs> yeah, share pics of all
1: of them. I'd love to see, yeah. and we'll share with our listeners for sure.
0: Of course. Yes. It was a fantastic time. It really was. (laughs) So how about you? Anything fun going on for you? Well, staying on theme with uh, spooky
1: season stuff. I didn't know this, but we we now have in Toronto. We have a spirit Halloween.
0: (gasps) Oh, yes, Right.
1: right. (laughs) So like it's in the same area as this pet store that we go to. So maybe about a week ago, we went to pick up some food And I was just sitting there in the parking lot waiting, look up, and I just see this big banner and it says Spirit Halloween. And I was like, I'm being called home. This is amazing. (laughs) I love it. So we made a point of it yesterday to head up there and, you know, like get the stuff at the pet store, whatever. But I went in and I just, I could have stayed for days. It is amazing in there. And I think this is probably a relatively small one. I think there's more in the city that I'm going to need to check out. Um, but yeah, this one was like, it was a decent size and it had still like life size characters that were, you know, trying to spook you and stuff. There was no spiders that jumped out at me, which I was very appreciative of, (laughs) but man, they have a ton of stuff. And so obviously I went mainly to pick up some of those last pieces for my Halloween costume, but then I found them pretty quickly. And then I just wandered around and like Mm -hmm. just heart eyes at everything in there. And they had some cute, like cutesy, kind of cheesy home decor kind of things, which was a little overpriced. And but it gave me some cool crafting ideas because I was like, oh, I could this is like made out of sticks. I could do this at home. You know what I mean?
0: Exactly. Um,
1: But there was such cute stuff. And I mean, if I had an unlimited budget, I probably would have brought most of the store home with me. It was just (laughs) so much fun. And when I went in, they were playing like Rock Lobster by the B-52s. And it just felt like, yeah, like I said, I just I was like, I'm at home.
0: I am in my place. (laughs) I love it. Well, I'm so glad that you found a spirit halloween because oh. you are obviously we are as always on the same brain wave and <laughs> anytime i can go in a spirit halloween i could just stay in there for hours and it's not even like it's something like truly fantastic. It's just all the stuff that they have. I, I just love every single bit of it.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's like, I don't know. They have costumes that I wouldn't see in other places because we do yeah. have, it's a it's a place, I think it's called It's My Party. And that's where mm-hmm. you usually go for Halloween stuff. And, and they'll have like all different kinds of things like for bachelorette parties or birthday parties or whatever, right? So that's like kind of right. the hub for a party store. But their Halloween selection, it's decent, but it's not like this. I mean, the Spirit Halloween just had such niche things. It was just so much fun to see. And I almost picked up a Dwight Schrute uh, costume for Tyler, (laughs) but they were all too small. But I was like, this would be perfect because we both love The Office so much. And um, it's like, it's the costume that Jim wears when he's dressing up as Dwight. Which I thought was so perfect. So it's like your gym, but dressed up as Dwight. And that would be such a fun costume. But yeah, too small. So I didn't go for it. Yeah. Oh,
0: man. But just the best.
1: I can't wait to go back. Do they, do you know, do they stay open all year and just sell like still Halloween stuff or other stuff?
0: The ones here are only seasonal, so they come in, like, in September, and then they are still open, I think, a little bit into November, which is a good thing because, like, whatever they have left in the store is usually marked down really, really low. Yeah. And so I always go in there, and if there are any, like, costumes that, like, James likes to play dress up, so, you know, like, if there's any kind of superhero stuff left or anything like that, I usually can snag them for really cheap. Oh, my God. So... My birthday is early November.
1: So I'm just going to be yes. like, listen, for my birthday, we're going to Spirit Halloween and we're getting everything that's reduced.
0: <laughs> I love it. I love it.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh, that's going to be so fun. Yeah, that'll be my birthday outing maybe. Hopefully it'll be the same up here because I feel like it It feels like a thing that just kind of all of a sudden came in, like the magic yeah. of Halloween brought this store into town and all of a sudden it's just going to disappear. So that's why I wanted to ask you if they're still open mm-hmm. year round because I thought, I better get in there before maybe it's gone. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, the but, ones here are seasonal. So I'm, I'm, I mean, it makes sense. sure that one probably will be too. Yeah. Yeah. <gasps>
1: Yeah. Yeah. It'll be interesting though, that the building that it's in, I mean, this is kind of a boring detail, but that keeps switching. Like it's, it seems like it's always a different store every year. I don't know. Maybe the rents are really high or something. So mm-hmm. I hope, I don't know, maybe they'll shut down, but come back next year. I don't want it to be gone forever.
0: <laughs> I know. I know. Hopefully they'll come back next year for yeah, you. <laughs> yeah. I
1: hope so too. Uh, but yeah, that was my kind of big, exciting story. Although I did get my haircut this week. I kind of mentioned that last week. I'm very happy yeah. with it, although I'm wearing a hat today, so I'm not super showing it off. But uh, <laughs> if you're in Toronto and you need a haircut and you need help from like a COVID DIY, please check out the corner spot. They are putting in all of the safety protocols. I felt very comfortable there. And uh, they there was zero judgment about my DIY cut. They were super <laughs> nice about it. And um, they have decorated very nicely for Halloween. So I also felt like very, I was in the spirit the whole time. So that was great. So yeah, very if you're in cool. Toronto, definitely worth checking out. So that'll be for like three people listening. I don't know, but
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's okay. That's three people reached. For yes. This. <laughs> I hope
1: so. I hope so. Um, the only other thing I wanted to talk about up front was that we, so over the weekend, we recorded an episode of whack brackets with Mike, yes. the host of whack brackets. Um, oh my gosh, that was so much fun. I had such a blast. It was
0: great. I had, I had so much fun doing that and it was everything I had hoped it would be and more. So that was just a truly good time all the way around. It really was. And guys, if you haven't
1: heard about Whack Brackets, go give them a follow or him a follow, whatever, go give the show a follow on Instagram and check it out. It's a super interesting concept. Basically like contestants go head to head in a bracket. I mean, you all know how a bracket works, I assume. And it's but it's funny questions for each of the contestants. And yeah, that's why it's called whack brackets. Right. So Mel's and I did one that was horror villain themed. And uh, I think the winner was very surprising.
0: Very, very. So I can't wait for that to drop and for everyone to hopefully go and listen in for that, because it was really not what I was expecting at all not at all especially considering
1: the villain that won I wasn't even going to put them past the first round
0: same (laughs) right so
1: (laughs) but yeah so that'll be awesome I don't know what day that's coming out but when we know more obviously we'll be chatting about it on here or on our Instagram or whatever so just stay tuned but I mean check out whack brackets in the meantime it's a fun show
0: Yes, for sure.
1: Okay, I'm so excited.
0: Me too. So excited.
1: (laughs) I'm loving this show so much. Of course, I'm talking about the haunting of Bly Manor. reviews really got in my head and they're all fucking trash and i don't understand the hate that this show is getting i think it's such a good show
0: yeah, I, I I think we did this last week, but I'll do it again. I'm throwing a trash flag all over these reviews yes. and all over everyone who is comparing it to Hill House because people, it is not Hill House. It is not supposed to be. It is its own thing and it is its own beautiful thing. I am loving this show and I cannot wait until I can finish the last two episodes because I am just so wrapped up in this show. It's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> So wrapped up, so
1: wrapped up. And like, okay, there's a lot of parallels between Hill House and Bly Manor. There's a lot of like similar visual language. There's like, it's scary, it's sad. It like calls back to itself in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. But yeah, they're two different seasons. And I mean, it's not fair. I guess it's like an impulsive thing for people to, you know, judge a sequel, quote unquote, based on its, you know, former, Mm -hmm. like the original or whatever, but- yeah, I think I don't know. I, I want people to stop doing that because this stands on its own big time. So, yeah,
0: you know, and I will say this for I think that it's a, a problem with anthology series Um, yeah. people don't I don't think they I don't want to say they don't grasp the concept of it because I think that they <laughs> do. But what I'm trying to say is they want the second season of an anthology series to be so much like the first, but that's not what it's intended to be. And I'm actually guilty of that because after season one of American Horror Story, Murder House, and it was so amazing. um, It took me a long time to really get into asylum because I was like, this is not Murder House. Right. And I was really expecting Something more like Murder House. But then, I mean, over the years and through all my rewatches, Asylum has grown to be one of my favorite, you know, seasons of American Horror Story. So I think that that's maybe what happens is people get caught up in a second season of an anthology series, but they're looking for a continuation of the first season or something that's very similar to that. And that's not what it's intended to be.
1: Yeah, and I can totally understand that, especially since, you know, where Hill House is concerned, Hill House was an amazing season of television, and yeah. I would argue that really there's not been anything quite like it. So mm-hmm. I think that Bly Manor had a lot to prove, basically. Right. Um, but man, I think it's proving it. <laughs> me too, me too. And I mean, I don't know if it's because we're covering it this way, but the first four episodes, I love them, but they feel like there's something about five through seven that, I mean, maybe it's just the pacing. Maybe it's just the natural trajectory of the story, but five through seven feel so amplified. Like the horror is amping up. The sadness is amping up. I feel like we are getting deeper and deeper into this house and into these memories. And like, we are just, like you said, you're so wrapped up in it now, you know? Like it's not that one through four felt like, A lot of surface stuff because it certainly wasn't, but five through seven just feel like absolutely. It feels like it gripped me up like the lady from the lake. Let's say that. Yeah. Okay. Let's put it that (laughs) way. Yeah.
0: (laughs) It got you right in the throat.
1: (laughs) Right in that throat. Okay. Let's talk about episode five the altar of the dead. I texted you right after watching this and it was just mostly exclamation points of being like, yes. Mel's this episode is incredible. And we both agreed that it was so much like the queen from Castle Rock. Um, yes. But I don't know if like heightened is the right word. It it I mean, it definitely was not like just a rip off of the queen or anything, but it just right. I don't know. I, it had a different like gravity to it in a way.
0: Yeah, I uh, what I wrote in my notes was that it's like the queen on steroids a little bit. Yeah, Yeah, like same concept, but because of the nature of the show that they're doing this concept in, it's just I think amplified is the right word for it because You know, with the queen in Castle Rock, we knew that Ruth had dementia and that was what that was all about. Now This is something totally different. It's not dementia based, but, you know, going in and out of dreams and in and out of memories and what's real and what's not when you're dealing with a... Like a ghost story or a horror show like that's really that's why I say it's like on steroids you know oh
1: yeah totally agree and I mean it's interesting that it was set up with a similar kind of thing though like talking about Owen's mom who did have dementia mm-hmm. and that, right. so there's there's a lot of parallels there I, I'm very curious to know if Mike Flanagan was a fan or is a fan of Castle Rock and was maybe like inspired by the Queen at all but still this is such a and and the story structure that's happening here in episode five, it kind of now carries throughout six and seven as well. Like we get a lot of similar stuff there, and so I wonder mm-hmm. if it'll be like that in eight and nine as well. But right, um, but they set it up so well in this episode.
0: Yes, they did. Oh.
1: And uh, yeah, I mean, in my notes, I was like, this is the best episodes to me so far. Of course, that was before I saw six and seven. And I also wrote and not just because it confirms Mel's and I theories like, you know, yes. that Hannah was dead and that there definitely is some possession going on. So but man, so the actress that plays Hannah, Tania Miller, she is incredible in this episode. I mean, I'm just so captivated by the way that she comes in and out of these memories. It feels, I think in the wrong hands, this comes off really cheesy Mm -hmm. um, and like, oh, where am I? You know what I mean? But uh, she's so in the moment with everything. She's just, yeah, like I said, so captivating. That scene where she's in the courtyard and she's wailing. Oh, my God. That is such a gut punch of a moment. Whoever this Sam character is can go get fucked because how do yes. you leave a woman like Hannah? That's
0: right. Get fucked, Sam. That's how that's exactly <laughs> what I what I want to say about you, Sam.
1: <laughs> uh, Man, and also this episode had so many things that like I just didn't see I didn't see it playing out this way. And I think that's another reason that I really liked it. I I had the feeling that Hannah was dead, but I didn't understand. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we had kind of talked about how, like, she doesn't realize that she's dead. But I didn't see that it was going to play out with this kind of storytelling structure. I certainly didn't see what was coming for Peter. Oh, no. All. (laughs) So, (laughs) I mean, like, I don't know if you want to jump to that, but this is our first kind of real glimpse at... Well, I guess we had Flora and Miles distracting Danny while this lady in the lake ghost walked outside. And so, of course, this is who's been, you know, tracking the muddy footprints through the house. And But this is the first glimpse that we get at, like, what she or it is capable of. And right. oh, my God, Mel's when when she appeared out of nowhere and gripped at Peter Quint like that. I screamed so loud and I do not like I will usually like gasp or cover my mouth or like jump a little bit. But this was a full on scream. And I had to pause because I was just nervous laughing for like a good three minutes because I was just like, I cannot believe that this show just got that reaction out of me. I love this show. (laughs)
0: Well, I think we've established that I'm the big weenie and I'm going to continue to say <laughs> that I'm a big weenie. So, you know, I was screaming like a, a four-year-old little girl.
1: Ooh.
0: I <laughs> And I had to, I was sweating. I had to yes. pause and I had to like bring, I do breathing exercises to bring my heart rate down. <laughs> yeah. I had to do, I had to get all of my skills in check for me to continue with the episode because it scared me so much. Oh my gosh. But it was good. And it's even funny because as you were like talking about it just then, and I was remembering it very vividly, I started to like get goosebumps all over again. That's how good that scene is. Yes. Same.
1: (laughs) And it's like, it's not, it's a good jump scare in general, but beyond that, because I think you don't really see Peter Quinn's death coming like this. It Mm -hmm. just feels so out of left field. Like you just, I don't know. I maybe, Somebody else's experience is different, but I really did not see anything like that coming.
0: I wasn't expecting it at all. I really wasn't. I didn't, I mean, I figured that he was a ghost, but I didn't know obviously what happened to him or how it happened or, you know, any of the circumstances around it. So for this to be the way that he went, it was just like, oh my goodness. And I guess that's, yeah. And then I, I guess that's her MO like because the kids have been trying to distract Danny, you know, from her. Like, I don't know if it's just like if she appears and you're in her way, like, boom, like that's just (laughs) what happens to you. Because I don't think that everybody in that has, you know, died in that house has died by the hands of this lady in the lake. You know, it just seems like if when she appears, if you're in her way then that's where you're going. You're going straight, like, to the lake with her or something. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I can see that being a thing for sure. But no matter what, she's definitely... I feel like she's running the show at Bly Manor because even the kids have been like, the others have told us to stay away from her. And I was like, the others?
0: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I know,
1: right? Man, I feel for these poor kids so much. Like, the fact that they... Because we didn't know that they had seen Peter's death. We knew that they lost their parents, that Flora found a dead Miss Jessel floating in the lake. But now they've also seen this ghost grip up a human man and choke him to death. I mean, that is traumatizing. But they also knew that this lady existed and have been warned by the others (laughs) to steer clear. So I just, I really, really feel for these kids like so, so much. And I know we said they're super creepy. I still think they're super creepy because they're just little kids in a ghost house. But man, the way that he leaves that room, uh, the Rebecca's room to go and get that necklace, everything is so quiet. And then when he comes back, As a ghost, not realizing that anything has happened, that was just all very unsettling. And I love the way that that all played out.
0: Yeah, same here. I mean, like it was almost a little sad because I mean, and I don't want to say that I feel bad for Peter Quint because I still think he's at this point, I still think he's a big ass. Um, Mm -hmm. but like, you know, just the way he appeared, you know, he appeared back around. He was, and the kids were like, oh my gosh, you know, knowing what just happened to him. And he's just kind of like, what is it? You know, like, oh, you know, what's going on for him to, because I guess that's, here I am trying to like think out the process of becoming a ghost when I don't think that's real, but no, no, that's uh, what we're going to do. (laughs) You know, like when you obviously come back and you can still see everything and you're talking and you're just like, Oh, why are you so sad? What's going on? You know, things like that. Yeah. It's just weird. Right.
1: (laughs) Oh, for sure. And I think in this moment I did feel for him a little bit by the end of episode seven. I think he's a fucking monster, but Um, Oh, yeah. In this moment in particular, I felt bad just because, I mean, nobody should die that way, I guess. But yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah. So
1: and this is when we learn for sure that possession is possible because Mm. Peter goes to kind of, I don't know, does he just touch Miles or something? And then he learns that he can sort of inhabit his body or whatever. Yeah. So I mean, well done, Miles. Great work.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Um, my question here, though, is like,
1: how did Rebecca not hear any of this?
0: Yeah. I don't was know. she not
1: just in that bedroom right behind Hannah?
0: Yeah, exactly. It's very I mean, the kids scream. Like, She never showed up, you know, with the kids screaming or anything like that. It's all very. That part was very weird to me, and I don't understand it. Fully. Like, I don't know. Like, was she? I don't know. Because then you had these whole moments of being tucked away. I mean, I don't mm. know. Like, was she in some way tucked away? But how would she be? Tu- Listen, I don't know. My head is spinning right now. I, I'm like the I'm I'm the math lady right now. OK, <laughs> I've got all the <laughs> equations going around because I'm just like there's there would logically seem like there would be no way that she would not hear what's going on.
1: No, I can't honestly figure that out unless it just I mean, unless it was a lot quicker than what we like the kids weren't. Well, no. Did the kids scream? I don't know. I honestly don't want to pull the thread too hard. Like, I don't really care that much, to be honest. It's just something that struck me a little bit was like, how did Rebecca not hear? But I I don't know. Everything else is so great that
0: I thought Flora did scream when the lady in the lake showed up and grabbed him. I mean, but I would then scream, again, yeah. Yeah, but then again, I don't... I, I, that that detail escapes my mind right now, I thought. But I, I was thinking for sure that she did scream, like, oh, no, you know. No, she didn't say, oh, no, but it was one of those types oh, of no. screams. <laughs> oh, no! Oh, <laughs> no! Okay,
1: this stuff with... I guess the way that this episode kind of differs from the Queen as well is that it seems like Hannah you know, for Ruth, she was just going through different memories and it didn't seem mm-hmm. like she was on any kind of a quest for anything. Whereas Hannah, like, I think in that episode, we were just getting a deeper understanding of how Ruth lives life. And I right. think that this is how Hannah experiences time now. Like, I think she's constantly hopping through memories as I think probably all of the ghosts in Bly are, as we see kind of mm-hmm. in episodes six and seven and sometimes even humans. Um, right. But... This episode to me was Hannah coming to the realization of what had happened to her. And of course, she was pushed into it but, um, (laughs) (laughs) good one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so there's this whole thing of her going back to certain moments, like this interview that she had with Owen and that the, like the third or fourth time around, however many times that goes on, it starts to become incredibly heartbreaking because I think we're aware at that point, what's going on. Or we at least are understanding that something is very wrong, especially when Owen is like, yeah, apparently we're doing this again. Why don't you tell me why? And it's like, oh, shit. And speaking of Owen, he is so creepy in this episode.
0: Yes, girl. Yes. Like there's that one uh, part where he screams out like Miles's full name, Mm -hmm. but then it hops into Like it was uh, it was Hannah that was doing it, you know, calling him. But when he turned to the camera and he started screaming that I, I jumped then, too. I was like, oh, gosh, what is going on here?
1: Oh, yeah, it was super freaky. And just the way that like as time went on, how he kind of let down the facade of being Owen in general And he was just like, he started to like inch closer to her and his eyes were wider. And he was like, you could get this like sense that he was a little bit fed up that they were doing this again. And I just, the whole thing was so creepy. He did a really good job.
0: Yeah, for sure. It was just. It was such a it was such a good episode. And I still think it's probably one of my favorites, even though I got to see the other, you know, episodes afterwards. I still think it's like one of my favorites so far. I would agree. Yeah. Um, And I guess we should just say that, obviously,
1: I mean, Hannah, like, So what's funny is that when we, not funny, but like when we see Peter's death and, you know, you and I were just talking about how that was kind of out of the blue. You don't really see that coming because I thought for sure that he was going to be the reason for many people's deaths in this house. Right. And then so I was like, oh, shit. But then he really still is the cause of so many people's deaths in this house just through poor little baby Miles. But oh
0: my I mean,
1: the the pushing down the well scene is another heartbreaker. And when you learn yeah. that that's where the crack in the wall is mm-hmm. coming from. I mean, that's just beautiful storytelling in the most like terrifying way, you know. But mm-hmm. that was just so, so well done. And I don't know what it is like. I can't I've watched the episode twice now and I try it like I talked it out with Tyler a little bit. But there's something so. um. It just really gets to me like I'm in my feels about it for some reason that this happens right before Danny arrives.
0: Same. As <laughs> I was going to say that exact same thing. Literally, like, I was like, how shitty and how heartbreaking that this literally happens right as Danny is arriving onto the estate. Right.
1: I guess it's maybe because it's like, if only she had arrived sooner, what if she hadn't gotten out of the car to walk the rest of the way? Right. What if she had stayed in the car with Owen? How different could this have been? Like maybe Hannah's trajectory would have been different. But yeah, there's just something really like gut punching about
0: that. Yeah. And also just, again, great
1: storytelling that like, I love how Mm -hmm. she says, oh, I was miles away, which is like a super punny thing to say, like. You know, yes. that little wordplay that she was miles away. And in the yeah. first episode that really struck me, I think just because we're learning characters names and I was like, oh, yeah, that's funny that she would say miles and blah, blah, blah. But I mean, you don't really you don't know the context of it until this episode. But yeah, there's just I don't know when Danny walked up right then. I was just oh, my heart hurt.
0: I know it did. Yes. Oh, I'm glad
1: you understand that, though. That's nice. I do.
0: <laughs> I do. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, Oh, and I okay. One thing before we move on, uh-huh. that uh, that grave that we saw in the church with Viola Lloyd. Yeah, she. I'm I'm getting confused. Like I'm a little confused on this, and it'll come more to light, I think, in episode six. Just the fact that like it seems like the Wingraves have been in this house for a long time. So maybe Viola was another. Maybe Viola was uh, an employee or something, like part of the staff. Because she really only died seven years ago. So the timeline just feels a little confusing for me. But do we think that maybe somehow she is the lady in the lake?
0: That's that's what I'm wondering, um, because I think we did some. Well, I don't know if we did any kind of quick math, but she was not very old when like, I think the No, like from, 30s. Right. Exactly. So that would match up. The only thing and I obviously. Oh, this is to jump ahead a little bit, I guess, which oh, maybe well. this is okay, but I don't know how long it takes for their faces to fade. Fair. Yeah. so i I have a feeling it's her, but I don't have a good understanding yet of how long it takes for their faces to start to fade away, which I mean, seven years, yeah, I guess so. If you're not talked about or remembered or whatever the uh, rules are around your face right. fading away. You know, if that's the truth in that, then it won't take, you know, that long, I guess. Right. No, I, I
1: agree. That's a great point. Um, Yeah. And I guess that will come into play a little bit for, like episode seven, maybe. But I yeah. think I, I think it's possible just because of how I don't know. It's tough to say because Peter is so like um adamant that like they have to do it now because time is running out and it's only been like yeah, a year. True. So yeah. anyways. Hello out there, lovely listeners. After a
0: summer filled with magic and manifestation, we're excited to announce that season two of the Tarot Coven podcast is coming soon. This season, you can expect our usual chats and cackles as we
1: explore all sorts of witchy goodness, like the suits of the Tarot, numerology, Reiki, and more. And we're thrilled to be spilling tea with some very
0: special guests.
1: The Tarot Coven is grateful for your support, and we'd like to thank you for making our first season such a success. It brings us great joy to share this journey with you, and we can't wait to see what surprises season two has in store. We love to hear thoughts and
0: stories from the Tarot Coven community, so make sure you're following us over on Instagram at Covencast.
1: Leave us a comment or send us a DM so we can get to know you better. Check out tarotcovenpodcast.com for more info about the show, our hosts, and episode-specific resources. This October 22nd, join Jasmine, Jesse, Elena, and me, Jack Novia, as we kick off season 2. And just a week later, we'll be back for some Sawin shenanigans with another of our Wheel of the Year bonus episodes. And until then, everyone, keep, keep making, making magic. magic. Okay, so let's get on to episode six, The Jolly Corner. Now the title of this episode, it's actually a story, like it's a standalone story by Henry James. And it's about um, like this man kind of confronting an alter ego who he think might, who he thinks might be haunting him. So I thought that was pretty interesting. You can definitely see like the, the adaptation here with Henry in, in those like themes and everything. So
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah,
1: I thought that was pretty cool. And I guess uh, episode eight is also a standalone story. So maybe we'll talk more about that uh, in our next episode. Yeah,
0: that's right.
1: So but this episode is really like, it's kind of the Henry episode. It's kind of also a Flora episode because, you know, as much as we get background on Henry and what was going on with Charlotte and him, for me, Flora is the real standout in this episode.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, oh,
1: my goodness. Like, this is just heartbreaking the way that she comes to the realization that she's getting tucked away all the time. And, you know, the math doesn't quite add up and. The scene when she's with her mom and just saying, I miss you, mommy. Like, it just was so heartbreaking.
0: That's what I I mean. Like, these three episodes are just amping up the sadness so much. (laughs) So much. Oh, my gosh. I've got I've got I'm trying to fight back some tears. Right. I know Um, it's heartbreaking because she's uh, so little. (laughs) And I can't imagine like. You know, losing both of your parents at the same time. But yeah, also, I think there's, I mean, I think there's bonds between, like, sons and daughters. But I think there's, like, a different kind of bond between mothers and daughters. Right. And so, yeah, with her saying, I miss you, Mommy, you know, it's just like, oh, my goodness. I don't know. It was, it really got me straight in the heart. I yeah. was just like, oh, Man, the two I I did cry a little bit during that. Like I said, I'm trying to fight back the tears right now because it was so sad. It was so sad. And
1: they seem to have such a sweet relationship. I mean, I think that there's, you know, Dominic and Charlotte could have been the real hoity toity snobby, you know, manor owners. Right. Like they're it could have been that typical kind of tropey thing, but they seem like such genuinely nice people. I mean, even with what we know Charlotte was up to. (laughs) Um, Uh, Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, I, I don't know. Um, but the stuff with Henry, I, so like his, I love that we find out why he's dealing with this sort of alter ego ghost type thing of himself. You know, his, like his brother basically cursed him with it, which I think is so interesting. Um, this guy's really creepy with the, like the shit eating grin And just like his whole demeanor, I was really enjoying being able to see, I think Henry Thomas, that's the actor's last name. Um, I I really enjoyed being able to see him play this kind of role as well, because in Hill House, he's so kind, you know. Right.
0: Right. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Um, But this was fun. And I mean, fun and like a fun to see him playing that kind of role, but also still very heartbreaking. And I was. Shocked to learn that it was Henry that's been calling the house.
0: I know. Well, I would I was wrong on that one. So it was a good guess, though. (laughs) But that is so it is. It's heartbreaking, too, that he's calling because he wants Flora to answer. Like, you know, it's like it's not that he's calling and like being scared to talk to somebody about what's really going on in the house. He's just calling because he's wanting Flora to answer. Yep. Yeah. And so,
1: you know, in the episode, we learn that he's actually Flora's dad. And so at first, when when we find out that he's been calling, I was wondering, are Charlotte and Dominic somehow ghosts at Bly? I mean, I know that we've been told throughout the season that they died very far away from the house, but I had wondered if that was like... Um, just a story that the kids had been told or something, um, that they were actually ghosts at the house. So I thought, oh, maybe Henry is calling to talk to Charlotte. Like Ooh. maybe this ghost can pick up this phone somehow. I don't know. Right. Um, <laughs> right. like, I guess she could possess somebody and pick up the phone, but it's very, yeah, it's like a whole other layer of, oh God, when you learn that he's calling to just even hear this little girl's voice.
0: Yes. Oh, goodness gracious. I'm, I'm, so, I, I don't think I should be sad for Henry, but I'm also fighting back the tears for that as well. Well, you know what?
1: I mean, I was going to ask you how you feel about Henry and Charlotte, because to be honest, I was really, um, I was really impressed with the way that this was handled because Dominic's reaction to Charlotte was so fucking grown up. The way that he was like, it must've been really hard for you to be here alone, just you and Miles, all the time. I was always gone. And like, that's not a, that's not a new story of a woman being left behind. And it's not that some women might like being, you know, having all of that free time and just being a mom. And that's totally cool. But some women don't want to just be kind of discarded in that way. And the fact that he was so... Open to being able to say, like, yeah, I think I fucked up here. And rightfully right. so, his anger was directed towards his brother. I think that's where the anger should have gone, in all yes. honesty. Um, but I do still feel for Henry. I feel for both of them. Like, I I don't know. How do you feel about the relationship that they had?
0: I mean, I would agree. Like, and I I think that some real feelings started to develop as well because yeah. we see, You know, when she goes to see him the last time, you know, and he's like, I love you. Or like there was some conversation about, you know, was there ever any love or something along those lines? And she wouldn't answer, you know, and it's just like, oh, man, I don't know. I just I feel for Charlotte, because like you said, I mean, Dom was gone all the time. And, you know, Henry was there and then, oh gosh, just for them to even conceive a baby together. And then all of those years, I mean, knowing that he gave her the dollhouse, he had it special made for Ugh, her for yeah. her birthday and all of that. Oh, man. Yeah. it. And <laughs> at that time,
1: he didn't even know, right, that Flora right. was his daughter. So, yeah.
0: Right. But I feel like he just... Had this sort of weird special bond to Flora yeah. versus Miles, but he didn't really know why. Right. You know? He didn't yes. understand why. Yeah, because they have
1: that whole conversation, you know, in this episode, Flora meets the little boy with no face, which is what I'm calling him, um, oh, gosh. playing with her dolls in the dollhouse and basically Charlotte and Henry just kind of say like. It's an imaginary friend kind of in a way, you know, and like yes. oh, just using tactics, you know, like when kids are scared of something that's under their bed or or whatever, like, oh, you have to make your own story for it and that'll make it more normal or whatever. But Henry says, I had a friend like you in this house. He was a soldier. Mm. And I'm like. Boy, you were haunted as a kid then. You need
0: to wake yes. up and realize. <laughs> <laughs> wake up and realize what's going on here. Yeah, it wasn't a figment. Now listen, oh, that whole thing that's so cute. <laughs> was super cute to me when she was like, it is a mint of some type. A special it is a f- kind of mint. <laughs> yes, and I was just like, oh my gosh, I'm not going to attempt a British accent because that would just be horrific. But <laughs> yes, I mean, and that whole... Innocence of a child, you know, where she's like, it's a mint of some kind. And I just was like, oh, bless it. You sweet little girl. You it was oh. so,
1: so sweet. I really loved that line of dialogue. But yeah, I, I totally agree that Henry and Flora just seem to always have a more special kind of connection. And and then, of course, I mean, I kind of felt it coming in very early on in the scene where. Uh, like Charlotte's in labor and Dominic's coming home and they keep driving home the point that she's so early early. Right. Yes. Yeah. And I mean, I don't think they were trying to conceal it too much because it's coming out in this episode anyways, but yeah, you start to get the vibes pretty early on and then all of their interactions, I think from the beginning have a lot of weight to them. But then once you know the truth that he's her father, it's like retroactively like, Oh my God, this is so much heavier.
0: There was one scene, and this is not about Flora, but it's where we really just start seeing the alter ego. And (laughs) there was the one scene, and it was so creepy because he was like, the alter ego was like hidden but you could just see his little fingers on the like door or whatever yes. and <laughs> Henry was like I don't even know why you're hiding at this point just come <laughs> on out you know what I mean and I was yes. like oh it was just so creepy but it was just the way it, all you could see were his little fingers on the door I was like ew that's <laughs> such a
1: good like horror not trope but like a, I don't know just a thing that's done in horror where you just like see the fingers and like I love when they'll like slowly come around the door just like one yes. by one. It's so creepy.
0: Yes, yes, yes.
1: <laughs> but yeah, I mean, his alter ego ghost thing was great. And I like how they didn't reveal it right away because I was like, oh, is it his brother? Is it Peter somehow? Like, who is he seeing? Like, he's so familiar with it already, you know? Like, he's asking it, he's getting its drink order. And
0: <laughs> I know, right? Like, is it going to be scotch or bourbon tonight? You know? And yeah. it's like, scotch it is. Yeah.
1: Oh, we're having both tonight, I see. Uh,
0: Yeah, (laughs) I love it.
1: Uh, All right, well, moving on from all of that stuff then, I guess we can talk about Danny and Jamie for a little bit. I I hate to say it, but I feel like they feel awkward now and it's really bothering me because I was really here for them to have a relationship, but there's something that just doesn't feel right anymore for me. I don't know, how are you feeling about them?
0: Same, I mean, it was, well, in... They they put out the awkwardness after, you know, Mm -hmm. I don't know. And I don't know if it's Danny or if it's Jamie or if it's just a combination of the two. But I have to agree that it isn't it's it's a bit awkward now.
1: Yeah. And what did you think about the way that Jamie just laid her backstory out and, and had this like speech about plants versus humans? And
0: oh, listen, that was That was very heartbreaking. And the fact that she tied it all into the moonflower that dies every night. Yeah. I was just like, wow. I don't know. I mean, that was beautifully written, in my opinion, and like done. I I don't know. Like when she was leading her out there, I was like, oh, no, they're going to get attacked by a ghost and I'm not ready for this. I was like, (laughs) that's all I kept thinking. But when she showed her the moonflower and told her, you know, how the moonflower grows and it's short little lifespan and everything like that. And then how she tied it into her backstory with her mom and dad and, and little brother and everything like that. Oh, and it's also a direct correlation with Flora as well, because her little brother was not really her dad's child either. Right. So wait, her little brother, wait, Miles. No, no, I'm talking about Jamie's little brother. Oh, oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Right. Yeah, remember how she said, yes. you know, the. That the dad would be, be in the mines and everything. Yeah. And then the mom had the baby. Yeah, yeah. And so I was like, oh my gosh, just like Miles and Flora too. Yeah. I totally agree. I think this
1: was super well-written just the way, I mean, now that you've pointed that out, that adds an extra layer to it, but the way it all related back to this moonflower, I, yeah, it was beautifully scripted. There was something that didn't come through for me though, when Jamie was talking and I just, I really wish it had landed more for me for some reason it just felt a little empty. And I, that really bums me out because I was so looking forward to the Danny-Jamie relationship that was clearly building. I mean, I still like them. I just, I don't know. There was something that didn't quite hit for me with this which is too bad but
0: yeah um
1: but i think they're still i think they're still cute i think there's still potential if they ever see each other again because as soon as jamie said there will be other nights i was like no there won't you're so stupid do you not know you're in a horror show because as soon as you said that you made sure there wouldn't be other nights so way to go i mean
0: (laughs) Like, thanks to Scream, pointing out the uh, rules of the horror where you say, I'll be right back. That was a be right back moment right there. Absolutely
1: (laughs) was. Jamie, come on. And I mean, like, wasn't that? No, Jamie Kennedy played that character. But what's his name in in the movie? Why can't I think of it?
0: Randy. Randy. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's why.
1: (laughs) Anyways. Yeah. So, I mean, I still thought it was pretty cute when uh, Danny said to Jamie, Oh, we'll just keep things proper boring.
0: (laughs) I know. I loved that. I know.
1: That was super cute. But yeah, I mean, I do hope that there's still, I don't know. I hope they can see each other again somehow, but it's not looking great because, you know, at the end of the episode, Danny finally sees Rebecca and Peter. Ooh. I love, I love this. I love the moment that she can finally see them. Just Rebecca sitting on uh, Flora's bed. It was so chilling to me. Um, yeah. Even though that we, like, we know that they're there. There was something about seeing it through Danny's eyes that just made it like the first time again or something, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Now I have a question and i <laughs> I'm forgive me because I'm not sure which episode this happened in. I want to say it might have been five. Mm-hmm. But why does Rebecca look different to Hannah when Hannah sees her? Did you notice that? I don't know if this was I hope it wasn't a figment of my imagination. <laughs> but when uh, Hannah saw the ghost of Rebecca, she had the white eyes and she oh. looked very like creepy. But how come when- in in which scene? Do you remember? Um, it's like when Hannah was out by the lake at some point and she looked up and she saw like Rebecca's ghost there in the black dress. Oh, and yeah. I'm
1: yeah, I sure do remember.
0: Rebecca looked really, really scary. She didn't just look like Rebecca. Um, but then when Danny sees Rebecca on Flora's bed, she looks like regular old Rebecca. I don't know. It's a weird thing.
1: So I wonder if it has something to do with, like, when Hannah sees Rebecca, I feel like she's in one of her memories. Like, she's tucked away. She's moving through memories, timelines, whatever. When Danny sees Rebecca, it's, like, in the present. So I wonder if that mm. makes the difference.
0: Okay. I, okay. Like, Could I be.
1: I really don't know. I'm also wondering, like, maybe it was part of Hannah's, sort of subconscious, like trying to give her clues, like, girl, you're dead. Um, I don't know. (laughs) Well, that's true, too.
0: Well, no, you're right about that. It could be like her trying to also help her realize that she's a ghost by Mm. letting her see her in a different form and not just what she's used to seeing,
1: you know? Because there is that scene in uh, episode seven where when they're going back to... um, Peter and Rebecca are taking those like Polaroid selfies and some of them turn out where they're like super ghostly in the face.
0: Right, right. So I wonder
1: if it's when you're tucked away, that's a possibility or something.
0: Okay, very good. I don't know. (laughs) That'll be our canon, I guess. Yes, that's right. (laughs) All right, well,
1: let's talk about episode seven then. Sorry, unless you had anything else about six?
0: Well, no, just the fact that I got really spooked out also, obviously, for for very obvious reason reasons on this. When Miles just knocks Danny, like slap out, you know, oh I was God. like, no, no, this yeah. is not this is not how I want this to be going. No, especially because it was
1: so soon after Jamie and her had that conversation about, you know, there will be other nights. But. Both episode six and seven ended in such a cliffhanger way. And I was super glad that at least we got to watch seven.
0: (laughs) Yeah, for sure.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Um, Okay. Before we super dive into episode seven, which is called the two faces part two, I think we should chat about our theory. Because so I texted Mel's before I watched episode seven, made sure she hadn't seen episode seven either and was like, listen, I have a totally batshit theory that I want to talk about before we record. Because in case episode seven happens to like, completely confirm or completely refute what we're, you know, or what I'm thinking here, then at least you'll know that I had this theory. Because so often I like don't share my theories or it's too late or whatever. <laughs> so I was like, I got to share it with Mel's. Maybe it's super bad shit, but I'm going to do it anyway. And eventually we, well, like I texted it to Mel's and she was like, yeah, yeah. Same page thinking the same thing. So <laughs> yes. that made me feel so much better. But basically we have a theory that The couple at the wedding are somehow Flora and Miles, but really they've been completely taken over by Rebecca and Peter. And then, you know, as I kind of speculated earlier, or like last episode, that uh, Owen is the guy speaking, um, Jamie is the narrator, and for some reason they're there to kind of like jog the memories and like maybe pull the possessed spirits out of Rebecca or out of uh, out of Flora and Miles now I think that this episode does maybe confirm one half of that but also refute the other half right
0: right because
1: we see that Miss Jessel doesn't go along with Peter Quinn's plan so but I mean at this point Miles is completely taken over
0: yeah, Oh, which is sad. I mean, I know I said they're they're little creeps, but oh, I hate it. <laughs> I know. I know. And I guess I should add, like from that theory, the idea we do hear
1: the woman speaking and it's an American accent. So I don't know why she's putting on an American accent, but there was that scene between Peter and Rebecca where he was like, well, we should go to America. We can be anybody we want there. So right. it doesn't feel too far-fetched that that's where they would go and maybe like assume different identities or whatever, but um it still feels kind of batshit to have a brother and a sister be getting married, but
0: right if they're <laughs> if
1: they're completely possessed by other people, it might not be such a thing. But like who do you think is in Flora's body if that is Flora? Cuz I don't I think don't it's know. Rebecca, right?
0: I don't think it's Re- I I well Just based on what we know has happened in episode seven, I don't I would guess it is not Rebecca unless she found someone else to possess. That wasn't Flora, because Mm. maybe maybe it's just because of her relationship with the kids. And that's why she didn't want to take. Flora. So maybe it's someone else, but I don't, it would, I mean, it would have to be another kid though. I would assume. So I don't know. I mean, I, I love, I love the theory and I'm still going with it. I just don't know the logistics of it. (laughs) Same. There's like some, there's some gaps
1: there, but like, and, and so I was like, oh, well maybe it's Danny somehow, but That seems like too far apart in age, but just trying to figure out like why they would have the American accent, you know, because it seems that like even though Peter is in Miles's body, it's not a Irish or Scottish accent coming out of Miles. It's like it's definitely still Miles's voice. So, yeah, now
0: I have another I have another question about this theory. though. How would they get off the grounds? Well, I think that if they're in. Oh, but wait a second. It didn't because work here. It didn't work with Peter and Rebecca.
1: Huh. Well, but that was before they tried the full possession thing. Right.
0: True. True. That was. Yeah. I mean, I think they've learned more from when he was trying to possess her and leave the ground. I think that they've learned obviously yeah. more things. So you're right. Could, OK. All right. But then again, like we Scratch didn't that. see them. We only saw the attempt once. And it was before.
1: The full possession. And then even after that, the only thing we saw was Peter taking Rebecca's body to the lake, which yikes. Oh, yikes, yikes. Yeah. And speaking of the lake, listen, the lady of the lake is a super scary ghost. And especially by the end of this episode, I'm like, I'm very concerned for Danny. And I can't wait to learn more about this ghost. But honestly, I think Peter Quint is scarier. What about you?
0: Well, he's a manipulative little shit. Yeah. So, I mean, even if he, in his thought process, this was very muddy for me, and I'm going to tell you why. Because at first I thought he really wants to be with her so bad, and he knows how that has to happen eventually. And, And so, and she's giving him the same vibe that she wants. But... But then I was like, but you got to be up front with what you're doing to her. You can't just possess her and then drown her in the lake and then think she's going to be okay with it. If you have not discussed, that's called consent. (laughs) I mean, that's like
1: the basic thing that he needed to do was like, hey, girl, I'm going to kill you, though, okay?"
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like you don't just leave it very open ended where you're like, I have a plan. Okay, and here I'm going to tuck you away into a safe space for the two of us. But but then also it made me like it was horrifying when he left her, which I'm assuming he can't really. I don't know if at that point in time he could control like when he was leaving or when he was coming back, Mm. because there's there's those triggers that brings them out of when they're tucked away and into like a really I mean, I don't think it's a bad memory for Hannah when she keeps going back to Owen's first day. I think that's a happy memory for her. Yeah. But maybe because Peter's life was so not great that the only memories that he could be tucked away to or go back to were these bad memories with his mom. I don't, you know, that's. I guess that's telling on how Peter's life is, right? And what memories he can go back to. Yeah. I mean, I kind of see it playing out as um, a little bit
1: of like a morality kind of thing in a way. Like, I think Peter is in hell. I think there's a way that Bly... Like, Mm. Bly is kind of judging souls in a little bit of a way. And I think Peter is living through his own hell. And while Hannah's existence isn't exactly heaven, she at least gets to revisit memories that are pleasant. And it seems that Rebecca gets to do the same. Whereas what we've seen from Peter's memory is just this same torture over and over. And I think he deserves it. And I'm glad that he is his life is basically haunting him, even though he is the ghost in a haunted house. I love that sort of... I don't know if twist is the right word, but I think, you know, where I'm going with that anyway.
0: Right. Right. Yeah, right. it is. It's he deserves it for sure. He
1: absolutely does. And I every time we went back to it, I just was like, yes, you take this torture.
0: <laughs> yes, you take this. You don't want to see any tears from you today, no, mister.
1: Mm-mm. But like, yeah, he's just he is the quintessential like, oh, the Peter quintessential uh, insecure. <laughs> Fragile masculinity, like incapable of being alone. He is one of those men that says he loves somebody but would rather have them dead than alive and without him, you know? Like, and that's not love. That's, like I said, insecurity and inability to be alone. He is so messed up. And that's why I say he's scarier than the lady in the lake because right now, at least, we don't really know you know, like you were kind of speculating earlier, like maybe you just get in her way and she'll take you out. But that still feels less like scary than this man who was so manipulative and so focused on this one woman that he killed her and then expected to live a long, happy possession life with her. It's just right. It's nuts. It's batshit to me, honestly.
0: Yeah. And the way yeah.
1: he manipulates Flora and Miles is honestly sickening. I was like, my skin was crawling every time he was talking to Miles and Flora. Love that they dropped the forever home bit from Hill House oh, or not yeah. from Hill House. But like, you know, that really nice nod back. That was so cool. Mm-hmm. But ugh, I hate the way that he talks to these kids. It's so it really makes me feel for them even more again, you know?
0: Well, it's terrible because he's playing in on their one. Yeah, like. Thing that they want the most, which is to be back with their mom and dad. yep yeah, and, and ugh, it is like you said, like y- your skin crawls over it. It's just ugh,
1: because actually, the way that he like he exhibits certain behaviors that I think, um, when done with a pure intention, is actually a really great way to approach kids in a way, if that makes sense, like. Right. He's just using that ability to talk to kids for the worst reasons.
0: Yes. Yeah. yes.
1: Um. But yeah, I'm so glad that Rebecca didn't go along with this plan because honestly, I was like, how can she forgive him after this? How could she possibly be on board with anything that he wanted to do after he murdered her? And I mean, it's not very often. I mean, it's never that you get to, like, confront your murderer and sort of maybe find a way to forgive them somehow. But I just I don't know how I could ever forgive someone for doing that.
0: No, me either. I mean, look, here's the thing. She loved him for whatever reasons. I don't
1: understand. She was so thirsty for him. Ugh.
0: Ugh. I don't understand it either. and but perhaps that was his manipulation way. And you know, there there that happens in relationships, you know, yeah, but yeah, she, you know, she loved him and she wanted to be with him. but i I just know I just know, obviously, from how she's also in the afterlife with him that she would have never agreed to also in losing her life to be with him that way, you know.
1: Oh, it's so, it's so deeply chilling the way that she does lose her life. And I really did have a feeling that there was going to be some foul play in terms of Rebecca's death. But again, this was something that I really did not see coming, you know? Right. I mean, I honestly thought that maybe at this point she would decide to uh, commit suicide because she was so enthralled with Peter and was just like, this is the only way that we can be together. So I will kill myself, basically. Um, But I didn't realize that it was going to go down like this. And I think that that's just, man, Mike Flanagan is weaving a particularly chilling tale here. Yes, for sure. (laughs) Um, But yeah, kind of like I talked about before, this episode does a lot with, um, or I should say like episodes five, six, and seven do a lot with this kind of story structure of hopping through memories. And um, I really thought that Maybe by now, like at the beginning of this episode when we realized that Peter is going to get pulled away because he hears that knocking and I think Rebecca heard a voice and got pulled away or something. Um, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I think I'm going to be irritated by this. Like because it felt really special in episode five just to um, show us Hannah's story in that way. But I- I'm actually really enjoying it. And I think that it's. um pulling us deeper and deeper into this house and into its residents alive or dead. Because I think for a lot of them, like that's the way that they are experiencing life now. Mm -hmm. And so I like that we're right there with them kind of going on this, you know, topsy turvy kind of ride kind of thing. And um, yeah, like I said, for some it's, they get these sad memories or these pleasant memories, but Peter just gets to live in his own little hell. And I think that that's really amazing.
0: Yeah. It's very fitting. It's good for him.
1: Yeah. Um. He, another funny thing, though, I mean, well, not funny, but like kind of parallels back to episode five when we see Peter Quinn's death. When Danny is being held hostage in the attic, why is she not screaming more? I know she screams, but I feel like I would be screaming to the point where my throat was raw.
0: Oh, yeah. Same here. I mean, I would like I would have probably passed out from. Exactly. Screaming. <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah, you would have went like red and then blue in the face and then passed out, you know? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I was confused
1: why she wasn't screaming more. But that was ugh, ugh. just putting yourself in Danny's shoes and having to watch these children be manipulated by these adults. I mean, mostly Peter, but just and have so little controlled to so just be so helpless like that it was ugh so uncomfortable. Uh,
0: yes it was. Oh my gosh.
1: <laughs> now what do you think about the way that Jamie was like trying to convince or trying to help Rebecca get back on track um with this whole like oh you should approach Henry and get back on the barrister track, talk to him about the pupillage. Like I don't know that Henry owed Rebecca anything honestly.
0: Yeah, that was confusing to me, and I didn't, yeah, I don't know about that, because I was like, but do you, I mean, you didn't you weren't up front. Like Rebecca wasn't up front by saying, I'm going to come in and I'm going to do this. And I'm going to try to prove to you, Henry, that I should have this pupillage. Right. So for Jamie to say that, it makes me wonder, like, were there other conversations that we don't know about? Or like, where did that really come? Because for me, it came out of left field.
1: Yeah, same here. And I can see it as like, it's nice that Jamie is trying to give her something else to focus on and remind her of, like, what her goals were. But I really get the sense that Henry wouldn't give a shit and also probably wouldn't like the fact that two of his staff members were together. Like, I don't know. That strikes me as something that Henry wouldn't be super into. But more about the fact that him not giving a shit, and I guess we kind of failed to mention this when talking about episode six, but... Now we know why he stays away from Bly and why he stays away from the kids. I mean, it's probably a lot of guilt, a lot of shame, but also his brother said the words, I banish you. And Mm -hmm. so I think he's probably sort of in a way making good on one of the last things that his brother probably said to him. Right. Um, But anyways, yeah, I just get the sense that he just wouldn't, I don't know, I don't think he would budge on this. So I think it's nice that Jamie... Tried to help refocus her attention, but it was a weird route to take, I guess.
0: I agree with that. I really do. Yeah.
1: Um. Okay. Anything else? Well, okay. So the end of this episode, as we kind of already talked about. Uh, <laughs> so Rebecca doesn't go along with the plan, and uh, Danny is gonna get Flora out.
0: Why does Flora start freaking out all of a sudden? What the fuck? I- I don't know. I mean, you know, it takes me back to when she sent, you know, Miles the thing, the note about come home, you know, and he did everything to get out. Like, I don't know if there's there's just that bond between the two of them. And she just starts freaking out because she's like, I don't want to leave here without Miles. But at the same time, I mean, Just go like, don't freak out. Don't start screaming. Don't do all that. Cause I was really expecting miles to show up and be the one to like, you know, knock her in the head again or something, you know, kind of bozo like that. I was not expecting, (laughs) The Lady of the Lake to grab her by the throat and start dragging her down to the lake at Ugh, all, no. And that is
1: not good news for Danny because we saw how that ended with peter. so i'm I'm legitimately worried about Danny's future,
0: me too. And I'm so sad about that, yeah, me too. And uh, I just
1: I don't know. I like, I'm kind of okay story-wise if she does die. Like it's not going to be the end of her character in any way. I'm sure we'll see more of her because we see more of everybody, right? But right. um it still is very tragic, obviously. And Yeah. Then there's the whole thing with Jamie and ugh.
0: Now listen, I have a question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what happened to the Specter? Or what happened to spectacles? Like what happened to Edmund? Is was that his name? Yeah. So I kind of took this as when she threw the his
1: glasses on the fire, that was kind of her way of releasing that from her. Okay. Although we had kind of speculated like is his ghost now a part of Bly just because mm-hmm. of the way it was sucked back into the house. So, I mean, maybe he's around But we just haven't seen him. I mean, to be fair, like these episodes really weren't that focused on Danny in any big way. Right. So maybe we just haven't had a chance to see him again. But why did you have another thought of where he might be?
0: well, I started to wonder if the way she gets away from the lady in the lake is if <gasps> oh! Spectacles is if spectacles shows up and they have like this cool ghost fight. Now, that's just me being like, <laughs> I want to see a ghost <laughs> fight. <laughs> I love it. Uh, and it probably won't come to fruition. But at the end of the episode, I was like, okay, first of all, Spectacles, you haven't shown back up. Yeah. Second of all, I feel like they had, I feel like, like you said, they had some type of closure because she did like burn the glasses, but he was still standing there, you know, and she, yeah, she did make that remark where she was like, well, I guess it's me and you, right? Like, Mm. so if he did get, if he did get banished to the house, I just think it would be awesome if he somehow ended up saving Danny and that gave her even more closure as to him, like not, or for her to not have to be like having all this, remorse and regret about how he died. Right. I don't know. Oh
1: yeah. No, I really love this, this theory. And especially because I mean, I'm starting to not starting, but it's something you brought up before when we were talking, the idea that the, so the ghosts we've learned that the reason they don't have faces, or I think what Flora had called like their faces unfinished or something, but they've begun to fade after time. And I think you kind of briefly said, you know, nobody's talking about them, nobody remembers them, that kind of thing. And I would love if that is the case, like that's why it's happening, because that's a real world thing. You know, like we keep our loved ones who have passed on alive through stories that we tell through our memories. Right. right? And you're there's that saying that you're alive until the last person who knew you passes away or something, right? That's how your spirit lives on. So there's something extra tragic about the idea that these people who have died at Bly, nobody remembers them anymore and nobody's talking about them. And what was my point there? I was coming around to something. Oh, I think that perhaps for some of these ghosts, maybe all of them, there's some kind of closure that they are looking for. And I wonder if that would be a nice way to help um, spectacles move on and not be trapped up right. by and to help Danny actually like, you know, if she survives, get that kind of closure on that life too, because it really seems like to me, especially for characters like Hannah and Rebecca, if they can find their own kind of closure, maybe they will be set free because it feels like they have unfinished business. And especially with Hannah, who didn't really realize she was even dead, you know?
0: Right. right. So
1: yeah, I like that a lot.
0: That's just me being crazy males. And a ghost fight. Come on. It could be great. (laughs) I want a ghost fight. Is that too much (laughs) to ask for? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I
1: like it. I like the theory. I can't wait. I'm so excited. Uh, like listeners behind the scenes, we recorded a bit early so that we could go and watch episodes eight and nine because we just can't wait. We're so obsessed.
0: <laughs> yes. Yes. I cannot wait. Oh, my God. I'm
1: like, as soon as we finish, I'm going to like take a washroom break. And then episode eight is coming on my TV. So same here. Oh, my goodness. Well, we will see you next week then with our final thoughts on Bly Manor. Yes. Bye-bye.
0: Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Damn Fine TV podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a rating and review on your favorite podcast platform. Come hang out with us on Instagram and Twitter
1: at Damn Fine TV. You can find me on Instagram at the.written.witch and Mel's at superficialmelz. And if you're watching TV, make sure it's
0: Damn Fine TV.
1: I'm fine. TV.
0: I don't think that you can get too much Twin Peaks.